The Max Level Podcast for October 21st, 2021 is presented by RPGera.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Max Level Podcast. This is typically a weekly bout of insanity and fun amongst the crew at RPG Era, but this week, we're doing things a little bit differently. I'm your host, Brian. I'm solo this week. And real quick, special shout out to Midnight Danger for a majority of the music you'll hear today during the show. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, seriously, anywhere you can find people, you can find Midnight Danger. He's the perfect mix of 80s glam metal and those sweet synth wave tones we love here so much. Check him out. You won't be disappointed. Also, before we move into the rest of the episode, I do have to now start mentioning and I have to start talking about something that we did that I was always really unsure of. We're on Patreon. If you want to support us, if you want to check out to see what we're trying to do, Head on over to patreon.com forward slash RPG era. We're on there now. We have a couple tiers. Nothing crazy. You know, I didn't want to start giving away early access to shows. I didn't want to give away unedited or uncensored access to shows. I thought about doing video content, but decided against even doing that right now. We have several different tiers where you will either A, get access to a new weekly live stream show that, you know, if you like me, if you like the solo content that I do whenever I am solo by myself on our shows, it's right up your alley. It's going to be a Sunday smoke sesh, and it's exactly what you're thinking of when I say that. I don't know the exact time yet, but we'll start that this Sunday, and uh, we'll sit down for... Roughly a half hour or so. Some days may go longer, but I'll always try to have enough in store to make it a full 30 minutes. And I have no idea what we'll talk about. I have no idea what we'll do. If people show up and interact, that could dictate the way the conversation goes. If I just start rambling, I guess that could dictate the way the conversation goes. I'll always prep myself before we do the uh, the Sunday smoke sesh. I don't smoke in the house out of respect to my roommate and his kids. So I vape in the house, but I don't like actually smoke weed in the house. So I'll have to step outside before we sit down to do the live stream, make sure I'm good and ready. Um, but I'll have my vape handy until I can actually start smoking weed again on camera, on, you know, podcasts, in the house, whatever. Um, But that's going to be something that we do on Sundays for patrons at the $5 tier and up. If you listen to BG Mania, our video game music podcast, and you're into what Frank and I are doing over on that show every Wednesday, typically, the $10 tier will get you access to a monthly exclusive bonus episode that, um, you know, we were trying to give away for free there for the longest time, and I just was spreading myself too thin. We were trying to even do two episodes a week at one point outside of 
just a, a monthly bonus episode. But we've got that lumped in there. There's a couple other tiers as well. We have a monetary goal set, some fun things if we ever can, you know, if we shoot for the stars and see how high we can get, then we have some fun ideas planned, the return of some content that we used to do in the past and even some new shows. So check us out again over on patreon.com forward slash RPG era. You don't have to support us. I mean, it's something that I never even was confident enough in my own abilities and comfortable enough, I guess, in, in my own fears, anxieties, whatever you want to call it. I was very hesitant to put ourselves us on Patreon, um, but we did it. And within being on there just a couple hours, we managed to grab four patrons, which is what we have as I'm recording. And if that's where we stay, we already more than shattered my expectations for what we could achieve on Patreon. I didn't think anyone would honestly want to contribute anything toward the cause here for RPG era now, formerly Level Down Games. Um, usually pretty hard on myself, obviously. And, um, you know, that sucks. But thank you so much if you do choose to head on over to Patreon and check us out. Or if you just keep listening to the shows, whether it be Max Level, whether it be uh, BG Mania, whether it be Blood and Destroyers and all the wrestling podcast, or whether it be The Media Files. If you listen to our content, you're more than enough being supportive of us. Like... That's all we could ask for, right? We just want our content to reach as many people as possible. And obviously, listening is a big way to do that. And also, by leaving a rating and a review. Because if you do that, it helps us in terms of search results. So that our show continues to grow. That's enough rambling about Patreon. I'm sure we'll be talking about it every episode now as we as we try to drive people over to there and see how far we can take our dreams with RPG era. We'll be jumping into what's new with you next episode. We're not actually going to talk any games this week. I have been spending my time lately working and really trying to focus on establishing myself outside of our content in terms of financially. So that way I don't have to stress and I don't have to worry but I've also been spending a lot of time lately actually exploring some options to try and get further into the gaming industry. Um, obviously, I can't speak on anything as of present time, but I'm trying to see what I can do and I'm trying to see where we can go. And I'm trying to finally see what we're capable of outside of just the podcasts and the reviews more I guess what I'm capable of than anything I shouldn't speak for everybody I am only speaking for myself here um, Kyle Sean Frank Dan you know they're all still around they're all still part of RPG era but specifically here I'm talking more mainly myself in terms of what I'm capable of and what I'm willing and able to do in the industry so we'll see what happens uh, Kyle should be back on the episode with me next week. We were going to record together this week for this episode, but I ended up coming down with a pretty severe illness. I was at a commission for a couple days. Um, it wasn't COVID. I did go get a test because I thought for sure I had coronavirus. Uh, I felt like I did. I had all the symptoms, but it came back negative. So I just had a pretty bad ass case of the flu that took me out. And, um, yeah, 
Sean has been dealing with some illness issues. Dan obviously taking a break as he is getting ready for the birth of his son, which we now know the name is Sebastian for him. So congratulations to Dan and Elena. Uh, That kid should be along any day now. So, well, not really. I guess theoretically there's still like a week or two left before he's supposed to be here. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean anything. You're close, Dan. You're about to be a dad. And that's pretty crazy. And then Frank, you can catch him, like I said, BG Mania, and uh, he's still around. Everybody's in Discord. If you're not in our Discord community, check the description box. We are an ever-growing community on Discord, and it's lovely being in there. Now that we have the uh, RPG Era Plus tag for anyone that's a patron, uh, I'm sure we'll have some fun in that patrons-only channel on our Discord server. It should be great. Uh, I've actually, even though we're not talking any video games this week, I've been playing a lot of video games lately. I finally finished Tales of Arise. I put just under 60 hours into it to get to a point where I feel like I'm actually done with it. I did the post-game dungeon content, several of them. Uh, there's more than just one. Well, technically you can do some of them before the final boss if you choose to level yourself up enough. But, um, you know, there's some pretty brutal-ass enemies in there that I would recommend waiting to save until after the game. But I fell in love with Tales of Arise, and I will have a full review up over on our uh, on our website, RPGera.com, here in the coming days. I think it's probably my favorite Tales game in the franchise now. I know that's crazy to say, with juggernauts like Tales of Symphonia and Tales of Asperia still being out there. Those were my number one and two, respectively, before Tales of Arise. But now, I honestly think Tales of Arise may have just eclipsed Symphonia barely for the number one spot with Symphonia now sitting at two and Vesperia at three. Um, I really liked it. I really enjoyed what they did with it. And that's why I put so much time into it. That's why I, you know, invested the time to do all 70 of the subquests. I went out there and completed the fishing stuff. Like I did everything that I pretty much could. And that is something that I haven't done in a long time in a Tales game, even more so in a JRPG. I really, really enjoyed Tales of Arise. I've also been playing a lot of Far Cry 6, Metroid Dread, and Kenna Bridge of Spirits, which we'll be talking about more in depth on the show next week. I want to save Metroid Dread because I want to talk about that with Kyle. I want to get a little bit further into Kenna before I talk more on it. I haven't played it uh, in about a week and a half now. I was a couple hours in. I'm going to jump back into it before we record the next episode and maybe see if I can if I can finish it in time. But uh, I've, I've been plugging away at Far Cry 6 now that I finished Tales of Arise. That'll be something that we hit next week as well. And then, uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. We've, we've had a lot of video games come out. We've been playing a lot of things. It's just unfortunate with my current situation that I don't have the time that I used to to dedicate to as many new release video games and and getting reviews out there. I've even gotten back into Dead by Daylight a lot recently. They had the new content, obviously, with Pinhead come out more recently. And then just the other day, well, yesterday, as of the day that I record this on the 20th, they released the Season of the Witch or whatever they're calling it with the new Survivor. I uh, got access to that and already have been plugging away at the blood web and working on leveling her up. Um, She's a really cool character, probably going to become my main character now for a bit. And I don't know. Dead by Daylight just sucks you back in sometimes. Dead by Daylight just, it sinks its hooks into you and, uh, you know, it's tough to get away, especially around the Halloween season, especially, I don't know, it's just fun. 
and it's a comfort game for me and you know kind of like Warcraft used to be but I haven't really dabbled into Warcraft ever since the stuff with Blizzard I know I did put a little time into Diablo 2 Resurrected I haven't even gone back and played any more Diablo 2 um, and since the initial time that I jumped in there with Kyle and Sean. Now, I know Kyle did recently finish that, posted a screenshot over in our Discord server of him finishing it, so congratulations to that. But, yeah, there's just been a lot of things to play and not enough time to get it done. I wanted to do some spooky games this Halloween season as well, and I haven't played a single one. So, it's been rough, obviously, trying to get reestablished in the workforce after focusing on Level Down Games and our content for, you know, the better part of the last five years and that being my full-time job and not having to, you know, not having to stress, not having to worry, and now I do. So, that's also a big reason why we decided to launch the Patreon to, you know, try to help alleviate some of those worries and some of those fears because we do want to take our content to the next level. We do want to obviously to the max level, if we want to use the name of the podcast, we uh, we want to shoot for the stars and we want to grow into something and we want to be financially stable in terms of not just me, but it would be sick as shit if we could actually turn this into something where, you know, myself, Dan, Kyle, Sean, Frank, we're all able to make some sort of living off of the revenue that we make through the podcasts and the website and whatever else we choose to do. Um, I'd even love to bring in people that I'm not already friends with, like, you know, people just within the industry that want a job. I want to get to that point. I wish we could have already been at that point. It was a dream of mine to be there within the first five years. And I feel like a lot of the failures and a lot of the current situation that I'm going through in my life is because I failed with Level Down Games and to an extent RPG era. You know, we we have been around since 2016 and this was the five-year anniversary this past August. And granted, we've made a lot of strides and we've made a lot of growth over the course of that five years, but we're nowhere near what I wanted to be, nowhere near what I thought we could achieve, nowhere near what I what I had hoped to be at. And... You know, I feel like a lot of what happened might might be because I was too dedicated and because I was too focused on trying to turn this into something. And that's on me and on me solely. Like, I put everything I had into our content and uh, I, I know that I struggled and I know that I fell off the wagon many times. But we'll see what happens, right? We'll see where this goes. We'll be back talking games next week. But before we do... Before next week, we have to talk about some news. Let's jump into the Sean Wolfman Lightning Round. We got a handful of things that we're going to cover that happened last week, even more so happening this week. So make sure you tune into the next episode of the podcast where things should be just a little bit more relevant and you know, with the times. Now, granted, this is still just last week. I don't like we're that far behind. I just, you know, the episode didn't post on Tuesday like it should have. It's now Thursday, but here we go. EA and DICE have officially revealed Battlefield 2042's Hazard Zone mode, a tense squad-focused survival experience. Battlefield Hazard Zone combines edge-of-your-seat gameplay with the best of the Battlefield sandbox. Inserted as a four-member squad, you must locate and retrieve critical data drives scattered throughout the battlefield while fighting opposing squads with the same objective and occupying forces. Succeed by gathering the data drives and choosing when to extract before a storm overtakes the area in this high-stakes one-life experience. Every bullet, 
every skirmish and every decision counts. This is EA and DICE's take on the Battle Royale for Battlefield 2042. I will say I'm much more interested in this than I am a traditional Battle Royale, say like a Fortnite or a Warzone. I think that formula is becoming just a little stale. So seeing it mixed up here, still having squad-based gameplay, still competing against other squads, but there being an objective as opposed to just racking up kills and, you know, trying to be the last man standing. Like, you can get the data drives and get the fuck out of Dodge while people are still alive, and I think that's pretty dope. I'm actually pretty interested in this mode. I know Dan was talking about it. I'm sure Kyle will be talking about it. It might be something we check out when it releases. Who knows? Publisher Microids and developer Mr. Nuts Studio, love that name, have announced Joe and Mac Caveman Ninja for consoles and PC. It will release sometime next year. Originally released in the early 90s on Japanese soil as an arcade game, Joe and Mac Caveman Ninja is an arcade game platformer, playable solo or in co-op mode. This new iteration of the game, developed by Mr. Nut Studio, made famous uh, by the games like Taki and Asterix and Obelix, slapped them all, will invite players to go back to the prehistoric age and embody prehistoric men, ready to do anything to save the women of their tribe. More than a remake of the arcade version, Joe and Mac Caveman Ninja will include a handful of new features, such as an original adventure mode containing brand new levels. That sounds awesome in my book. I remember playing the Joe and Matt games when I was a kid. I want to say I played them on the Super Nintendo. Frank, I know this is going to be something that you're going to want to check out as well. I'm sure you will be big into the new Joe and Matt game when it does come out next year. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It looks cool. I want to see a trailer. All we've seen so far is screenshots. I want to see this in action. I hope they release a trailer soon. Okay, Joy has announced The Heroes Around Me, a pixel graphics story game. It will launch for PC sometime in the future. The Heroes Around Me is a short story about the old days in which the father shouldered the burden of the family and gave his sick daughter the happiest childhood, as well as the trivial life matters, goals, and pursuits of the neighbors and friends hidden in the streets and lanes. Kyle, if you're listening, this is going to be a game that you're going to want to look into. Uh, this this looks like a, a super emotional, super personal story. I really love the art style. I like that it's, you know, being called a story game because it's not really a visual novel, but it is at the same time. So I think this looks cool. I will absolutely be playing this. I, I, I enjoy a good emotional game. So uh, put it on my radar. I'm looking forward to it. Publisher Mytona and developer Fantastic have announced Prop Night, a 4v1 physics-based horror game for PC. An open beta test will run from November 15th to the 18th, followed by the full release on November 30th. Join a thrilling party in Prop Night, a multiplayer physics-based prop hunt mixed with classic horror survival. Prop Night is a 1-versus-4 multiplayer physics-based prop hunt mixed with classic horror survival. In a small provincial town, teenagers continue to disappear mysteriously. But who or what is behind this? Obviously talking about Dead by Daylight just a few minutes ago and how I got back into that. I shared this trailer on our Discord server. Kyle immediately saying he was down for it. Uh, Prop Night might be something that I look into picking up and checking out when it does release. It's this Dead by Daylight take, right? It's a 4v1 style game. You are these teenagers running around trying to escape this killer. It looks like they have you know, non-licensed killers, but I don't know. And I mean, they, there's certainly nothing crazy going on here, but what I really like about the concept of this game is that it's physics based. So you have all these objects bouncing around. Think like gang beasts thinks human fall flat in terms of physics. Uh, you have all these objects that are just bouncing around or you can pick up and throw. It seems like a really cool concept. It seems like a cool take on this, you know, one, 
killer or one monster hunts down four people and either the team wins or the the bad guy wins. I like the formula. This one seems interesting. I'll probably check it out. Starting in November, PlayStation Plus members will receive three additional PlayStation VR bonus games. More information, including which games will be offered, will be announced in the next few weeks. So yeah, this has to be coming either, well, it has to be next week. Because November is soon, unless they don't announce it right away, unless we don't start getting the games like the beginning of November when, say, the November PlayStation Plus free games are made available. Um, But I have to assume they will be, so we'll likely be finding out what these bonus PlayStation VR games will be. Either shit, I mean, I guess it could be before the end of this week, since it's only Thursday. They could announce it tomorrow, but it'll likely be next week. Uh, Frank, you'll have to check out anything that gets put on there. I know you still have the PlayStation VR I think you might be the only one left of us that still does. Obviously, ours, well, the one that I had. I can't say ours anymore. Um, But the one that I did initially have uh, was sold not too long after it came out. So I do want to get a VR headset again. I just don't know which one. And I I don't know when it'll be. I I have to get back on track financially first. But, you know, getting a VR headset before PlayStation VR 2 releases for PS5 is something that I certainly want to do. Uh, I'd like to have a good headset for the PC, so that way, whether it be an Oculus or whether it be a Vive, I want a good VR headset for the PC. I just don't know when I'll actually have the chance to set that up. Our last bit of news on the lightning round this week, Bandai Namco Studios has announced the establishment of Gyar Studio, G-Y-A-A-R, an indie games label within the studio to cultivate young staff into top creators by allowing them to freely and directly express their ideas. Their first title is the previously announced Survival uh, sur- sorry, Survival Quiz City from Phoenix. Gyar Studio plans to release one independent game title per year. Each title will be developed by a team of creators designed as heroes from among the studio's young staff. The label name Gyar Studio comes from the character Gyar from the studio's first game, Survival Quiz City. Gyar was used for the label name and logo in order to preserve the initial resolution and enthusiasm during the development of Survival Quiz City going forward into future titles in the establishment of this indie label. So that's kind of dope. I like this. I like how bigger companies like Bandai Namco, like Square Enix, as of the last few years, obviously Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo have been doing it too, but uh, these bigger companies have been establishing indie labels. EA did it as well with their EA Originals. Um, these labels that are focused more on smaller titles and indie titles that maybe wouldn't be greenlit for a a full budget or something like that. So anytime a studio does something like this, I'm usually always going to be on board, especially if it means we get good games and, you know, quicker games from smaller teams that are more focused and indie-like, because I love that. Closing out the lightning round, we have our release date roundup and delays. Evil Genius 2 World Domination releases on November 30th, Monarch releases on February 22nd, and Disney Magical World 2 Enchanted Edition releases on December 3rd. For delays, we do have two, unfortunately, Solar Ash has been delayed to December 2nd. That was actually supposed to come out next week. Uh, that got bumped about a month or so to December 2nd. And then the Smurfs Mission Vileaf has been delayed until November 16th. I didn't even know that had an initial release date, but apparently it did. It was sometime in October, uh, but it's been delayed now till November 16th here in the States. Over in Europe, I think you guys are getting it like two weeks sooner. I think it comes out uh, at the beginning of November over there, but over here in the U.S., November 16th. But that'll be the end of the Sean Waltman Lightning Round for this week. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast. 
the media files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download the media files wherever you download podcasts. And remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. You know what that music means. It's time for the new release for Let and apologies that we skipped an episode. Obviously, the episode that we uploaded last week, the Q4 2021 Thunderdome episode, had the releases from the 4th through the 8th in it. And this week's episode has releases from the 18th through the 22nd. So we did skip a week for the new release roulette in terms of the Maximal podcast. We didn't talk about games that released during the 11th through the 15th. So you missed out on us chatting about things like Back for Blood, Jackbox Party Pack 8, the Crisis Remastered Trilogy, The Good Life, and NHL 2022. Sorry, Dan. Uh, All those games did come out last week, though, and are available if you want to check them out. But before... We get to the games that are actually releasing or already released this week. We do have to go over our open critic result guesses from two weeks ago when we did the Thunderdome episode with Kyle and Sean. We talked about what? One, two, three, four, five games. We started off with Jet the Far Shore. I guessed it would come in at a 70. Kyle put six on that going under based on 32 reviews, a 65, the official top critic average. So Kyle earned himself 12 points. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania was next. I guessed it would come in at a 77. Kyle put six also going under for that one. Based on 81 reviews, 76, the official top critic average. I was damn close, but Kyle was right. Another under, 12 additional points now for a total of 24. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl was next. I guessed it would come in at an 81. I shot for the stars on this one. I know Bosman did too. A couple months ago when he released his video, guessed it would come at an 84. Kyle, smarter than both of us, putting six on it going under. 53 reviews, 65, the official top critic average. So another 12 points for Kyle and up to 36 total now. Far Cry 6 was next. I guessed it would come in at an 84. Sean put 20 on that going dead on. Kyle put six on it going under. 144 reviews, 77, the official top critic average. So Kyle did earn himself an additional 12 points, now taking his total to 48. Sean looking like he's screwed, but wait, Metroid Dread was the last game. I guessed it would come in at an 88. Sean put 10 on it going dead on. Kyle again sticking with the theme, 6 for under. Based on 105 reviews, 88 is the official top critic average, which means... Kyle still has his 48 points, but Sean, because a dead on pays out at five, sneaks in at the last minute with a 10 times five payout, earning 50 points and the win for this week to Kyle's 48 points, which makes me super sad to say that this will probably be the end of the open critic guessing game. Uh, I have a feeling it'll be coming to an end based off of just our current circumstance and our current panels for the Max Level podcast. I mean, there's going to be weeks where it's just me, so guessing on Open Critic and competing with myself isn't fun. And then me just coming up with numbers and Kyle guessing if if I'm going to be dead on over or under isn't nearly as fun as competing with a handful of people as well. So we'll likely be putting the Open Critic guessing game on the shelf just for a little bit until we can either A bring in a more permanent third co-host with Kyle and myself but we're also working on plans to get Sean back into the mix regularly here so that'll help in the future the open credit guessing game isn't going away forever just for right now because 
it just doesn't make sense right now with only sometimes two people, sometimes just one being on the show. So talking about the games coming out this week, game number one, it released on Tuesday for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. It's the Caligula Effect 2. Escape your regret, redo to forget. The Virtua Doll Regret creates Redo, a simulation in which people are trapped. To escape from Redo, a group of awakened high school students reestablish the go-home club to fight against Regret's reign and escape to the real world. I likely will play the Caligula Effect 2 at some point in the future, probably on Switch. Um, I really did enjoy the initial game when it came out a few years ago. I just don't know. I just don't know when I'll have time. Like I said, there's so many games coming out that I do want to play right now. And just not enough time, especially with having to dedicate so much of it back out into non-video game industry work. Sucks. Game number two. This released today. Thursday. PC. Xbox Series. Xbox One. It's also via uh, Xbox Game Pass. It's Echo Generation. Spooky mysteries abound as you lead your ragtag gang, take on monsters and mechs to save your hometown. Unlock unique skills for your party through comic books and prepare for active turn-based battles and boss fights that will keep you on your toes. By the developers of Riverbond, dive into another stunning voxel adventure and face off with the extraterrestrials to find the true meaning of home in Echo Generation. I know Kyle was super big on this game. I likely will install it via Xbox Game Pass on the Series X. I'll probably do that one when I'm done getting work done here, today here. I just cleared off a lot of space off of the Series X. Finally took off MLB The Show and a few other things that I just wasn't playing anymore. I put, you know, over hundreds of hours in MLB The Show already. And I'm just, you know, I, I'm done with it. So I finally cleared off a large chunk of space to be able to install some of these newer Game Pass games that are coming out. Uh, the big one that I had to put on there, obviously, was Back for Blood because... That is something that uh, we're going to be talking about here on the show somewhat soon. So look for that. Game number three, also released today for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. It is Tandem, A Tale of Shadows. Tandem, A Tale of Shadows redefines the puzzle platformer genre with a unique gameplay and exceptional aesthetics. Help Emma and the teddy bear Fenton solve the mystery of the disappearance of the famous magician Thomas Kane. The trailer looks really dope for this one. It's something that I absolutely want to play. Uh, it looks like a good game for around Halloween time with the way the shadows and, and the atmosphere is done. Um, nothing spooky, probably, but uh, looks like a cool game. Something I definitely want to check out. And then our fourth and final game we're talking about for the new release roulette on the podcast this week. It releases tomorrow on Friday for PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, and Xbox One. It is the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. At the close of the Iraq War, special forces hunting for weapons of mass destruction unearthed something far deadlier. A buried Sumerian temple containing a nest of unearthly creatures. To survive the night below, they must forge a brotherhood with their enemies from the world above. I'm into this. I love what Supermassive have been doing lately, obviously, with Until Dawn, and then the Dark Pictures Anthology trilogy with Man of Medan and Little Hope, and now House of Ashes. And spoiler alert, we'll talk about another one that they just announced at the end of this one, like is traditional next week on the show. So I'm into what they're doing. I like these choose-your-own-adventure-style games where, you know, you can see how many people you're able to keep alive based on your decisions and who dies when. These games are perfect to release around Halloween time because they are self-contained horror stories. I love it. I hope they keep doing it. Uh, it's definitely smart. But that's it. Those are the four games. That's the new release roulette. It feels weird not going into guesses or anything like that. Um, pick of the week this week, I'd probably go with the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. I think that most deserves the, uh, the honors this week, especially as we move into the... Getting closer, obviously, to Halloween. Um, good game to play around that time. So, Echo Generation's worth looking into, though, too. It is. It really is. 
All right, and I'm a little sad that I'm solo on the show for this discussion because I did the reaction video to the Animal Crossing New Horizons update direct on my own. So I kind of already talked about some of the things that I wanted to discuss during the show. So it makes me sad that, you know, I won't be able to get anybody else's opinion. But I do still want to cover this while it's fresh, while it's hot. Obviously, on November 5th, Nintendo is going to be releasing an update for Animal Crossing New Horizons. There's a free update. There's a paid update. We'll get to both. Let's start with the free update. Um, Obviously, when they announced it, they used Brewster and the music for The Roost. So everybody knew that was coming. Uh, It was cool seeing it confirmed. It was cool seeing all the things you'll be able to do within the bar now. Like being able to invite people to the bar to get coffee. Uh, Some of them might bring other characters with them along. You're able to invite online friends over to the roost and chill inside. And I saw that, you know, in the trailer, they even highlighted that you're able to utilizing the amiibo phone within the roost, which is actually within the museum. I kind of wish they would have given it its own building. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, museums have coffee shops. Museums have cafes. Most of them do. So being inside the museum, it does make sense aesthetically and in terms of just not having to take up space with an additional building. But I really kind of wish they would have had Brewster's coffee shop or lounge or whatever they wanted to call it as something on its own. Like, it would have been cool to have the ability to pick where that coffee shop was and design the outdoor setting, because I know that's what a lot of people were doing in prep for a potential update for Brewster. So it sucks that it is just part of the museum, but either way, it's cool that it's um, you know, that it's content that's back. Just like Cap'n, man. They they brought Cap'n back. He uh, made his debut in the GameCube version, if you remember. If you used to link up your Game Boy Advance with a link cable, you used to be able to go to an island and he would sing you songs that way. Um, he's still going to be serenading you with his sea shanties. And I'm really looking forward to what these boat tours are going to be because you don't really know what you're getting. When you sign up for one of these tours or whatever through Cap'n, you are going to an island that is, I don't want to say it's like the villager island you used to be able to fly to out of the airport, but more or less it's a similar concept, right? These are hidden islands, I guess. So you might find islands that are in different seasons of the year, different environments than you're used to, different times of day, different flowers, weird things like vines they showed vines growing on the sides of the cliffs and it was talked about later in the update you'll be able to place ladders on the sides of cliffs to be able to climb up so that way you won't have to carry around a ladder and if you run out of ramps and run out of bridges which they are expanding to 10 you know they did have the bridges and ramps capped at eight those are going to 10 now i'll Be curious to see exactly what these hidden islands are able to do in terms of content. But I also want to know if we're going to be able to place those vines that you see on the sides of the cliffs and are able to climb up and down to get from, like, say, the bottom level to the mid tier to the upper tier. I want to put vines on my island. And I'm hoping that's going to be possible because you saw one of the characters in the uh, in the direct, like, picking up a vine and putting it in their pocket. So I'm hoping that means we can go to our own islands, set it down, and it'll actually be like a vine that you can climb up. I think that would be pretty dope. They also are adding quite a bit of content to Harv's Island, which is now, it used to be the photography center, obviously. It's morphing into more of like a city folk feel where you'll be able to go to his island and there's going to be this new plaza created for some new 
mostly returning characters to set up more permanent shops so that way you have the ability to visit these characters, see what they're selling, get unique stuff from them on a more consistent basis as opposed to just say maybe once a week if you even got lucky for a character to stop by. Just like you're able to do in the game, you're able to contribute money to help speed up the development of the plaza. And I think that's pretty cool that, you know, you'll you'll see characters like Katrina coming back who will reveal your fortune. And obviously that obviously has effects to some aspects of the game. I know I, I forget exactly what the fortunes dictated, but I remember that they used to, if you got a bad one, you would run around and like trip over or fall all the time. Um, it's cool seeing that kind of stuff come back. And they're bringing in more hairstyles, Tortimer's coming back, more villagers are being added, but they also are bringing back gyroids. Gyroids obviously making their debut in the original GameCube game, something I used to love collecting. I know Frank used to love collecting them as well. You'll start getting them instead of fossils every now and then on your island after it rains. And then once you start finding gyroids, more and more of them will start popping up. You're able to plant them and they actually grow into gyroids now. You don't just obviously get them. You do have to grow them sort of like a flower. But then once they grow into a full-blown gyroid overnight, you're able to kind of stick them wherever you want, including inside your house once again and uh, they dance around to the music and make noise themselves in the actual direct uh, when they were highlighting talking about the gyroids they had a character who was wearing overalls sitting on a love seat and he looked stone man and the gyroid that is on the table kind of looks like a glass bong I fucking love it it was probably done unintentionally but someone that is that is all about that lifestyle I, I really enjoyed that <laughs> And I'm looking forward to gyroids coming back, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, they talked about ordinances. These are going to be these settings that you can change by talking to Isabel within the residence center that will kind of determine when your villagers are out and about. If you play early in the day and most of your villagers are asleep during the day or during the early morning hours, you can tell them to be awake then. Or if you mostly play at night, you can set everybody to be a night owl, which is likely what I'll end up being uh, do. And, you know, the, the villagers will roam around at night instead of during the day. So that's kind of cool. I don't think it changes um, the store hours or anything like that. I think that would actually be really cool. If you were able to kind of dictate the hours of, say, Nook, but that'll probably never happen. We also got the introduction of cooking during this free update. This was rumored for a long time now, obviously. Uh, we, we saw the leaks. We're going to be able to grow tomatoes, wheat, sugarcane, potatoes, carrots, quite a bit of stuff. They're adding a lot of elements of Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, um you know, story of seasons, all that kind of content being brought into Animal Crossing. Cool to see. I don't know how much time I'll spend with the cooking aspect of it because the recipes, they, you know, they, they re replenish your stamina, obviously, but I wasn't quite sure exactly what else they do. And outside of just collecting the recipes and making them once to get a check mark, I don't know how much time I'll spend with the cooking. The, let's see, other free stuff that was in this update, because there is a paid update as well that has more content that isn't free, but free stuff still coming. Uh, they are adding more, like, 
stuff to do that happens regularly, like the morning aerobics or whatever they call it, the stretching sessions that used to take place in the GameCube version. They added lighting and ceiling decor options that you can now get with the pro decorating license with Nook Mile tickets, obviously. You can now set accent walls. There's going to be new fences, a pro camera app, which actually allows you to walk around in first person mode. So for the first time, you're able to actually get in there and it's actually aligned with your villagers. So you're on eye level with them. So it's really like walking around your village or your island in first person mode. And it's super cool. It's actually something I want to do from like the airport go through once my town is done go through a complete walkthrough of it in first person mode and just kind of like take it all in and see what it would actually be like to live there. Um, In this pro camera app, you're even able to put it like in tripod mode, which means that you're able to take your character and move around within the frame of the camera and snap photos of you standing next to villagers and shit. It's such a cool update. It's really, really super cool. Um, They're adding more patterns. We already talked about the hairstyles and reactions. More items are obviously being added to Nook's shop. They are expanding the storage um, of your in-game storage up to like 5,000. There's a storage shed that you can actually place anywhere on your island that connects to your home storage. So you don't have to run back home all the time now. Same thing with an ATM. You can put that anywhere you want so you don't have to go to the residence center to get miles or I'm sorry, money out when you need to. It's a, it's a hefty big free update. And it's the last free update for Animal Crossing New Horizons. So it makes sense that it's a big update. And again, it's arriving on November 5th. I've seen a lot of chatter on social media. People with perfect towns of over a thousand hours are ready to just tear everything down, burn it to the ground and start fresh because of all the new changes and updates coming. And I'm kind of in the same boat. I spent over 500 hours in New Horizons after it came out within the first couple months. My town was never finished. My town was never perfect. And it's still in a state of reconstruction that I was working on toward the end of last year. But it's now been, you know, almost a year since I've even touched it. And I have no connection anymore to what I was doing. And after seeing all the updates, my plan was to just start fresh. And that's, I think, what I'm going to do. My original town was designed with the eight bridges, the eight, you know, inclines that I had. And now that we have room for more, I'm just going to do a completely different design and just start fresh because I think that's what my island needs best. Villagers, I'll likely keep the same. Maybe I'll try to get some of the new ones over time, but I'm, I am I do like the villagers that I have in my town. We'll talk about villagers more here when we get to the paid content because they're giving us more incentive and it almost feels like we are able to get more villagers now, which is super cool. But yeah, I like this free update and I like that they are ending the free updates. Obviously, Animal Crossing New Horizons initially released back in March of 2020. This game is now a year and a half old. There is no obligation to keep pumping out free updates for it. Nintendo is really good with free updates for their games. You know, you look at Mario Kart, you look at um, Mario Golf, Mario Tennis. They like adding content for free. Obviously, they like adding content for money as well. You look at Smash and things like that. But... We look at an update like Animal Crossing New Horizons Happy Home Paradise, which they're going to be charging $25 for. It also releases on November 5th, but it's also included if you sign up for Nintendo Switch Online, which is a service that is now going to include the expansion pack, right? You only get access to Happy Home Paradise if you sign up for the expansion pack, which will include this expansion. 
and then access to Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games through Nintendo Switch Online. It's a weird system, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with them adding this in to Nintendo Switch Online. I'm okay with the price of Nintendo Switch Online being at $50 for the value that it offers. You look at how often people rebuy games. I mean, shit, people just rebought Skyward Sword earlier this year. I know there were rumors of a compilation of Majora's Mask and an Ocarina of Time for the Zelda anniversary this year. There was rumors of a compilation of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. And had Nintendo sold each of those for 60 bucks, you bet your ass people would have spent money on those games again. So. They're not telling you you have to sign up for the expansion pack every single month, right? It's $50 for a year. With the expansion pack, they've taken away the ability to pay monthly. And I think that's smart because if you want access to these games, if you want access to whatever else Nintendo decides to add... Putting it more in line with what others are charging in terms of their online service, I think that's okay, and I see no issues with that, especially they're giving away a hefty DLC that already in itself costs $25, plus you're getting access to Sega Genesis and Nintendo 64 games. Now, they have to, have to, have to add things more consistently than they do with the NES and SNES catalog of virtual library stuff. Um... If they don't, then it won't be worth the money, but dropping 50 for 12 months, that's not terrible. But if you just want the still basic Nintendo Switch online and access to NES, SNES games and the ability to play online, you can just continue to keep paying your cheap monthly price of three or four dollars or whatever it is, or your yearly price of $20. Like you can just buy the DLC to Happy Home Paradise if you don't care about N64 and Genesis games and be on your way paying what you do now. I don't see the issue with this DLC, I, or I'm sorry, I don't see the issue with the pricing structure of Nintendo Switch Online. I know it's been a hot topic over the last week. I'm okay with it, and the fact that these N64 and Sega Genesis games have multiplayer, so now I can finally play things like Mario Kart 64 online with friends and with, with randos, I think that's worth the money in and of itself, so I'm okay with it. But let's talk about this paid DLC for Animal Crossing New Horizons here for just a few minutes. It's called Happy Home Paradise, and it is adding a shit ton of content, like a new archipelago that will serve as basically your new place of work. You'll be joining the Paradise Planning Committee, and you will be able to tackle designing homes inside and outside for villagers that are vacationing, quote-unquote, on this island. Uh, it looks like the houses do remain permanent, so that's what I'm talking about earlier in terms of there being the ability to have more villagers now. You can have villagers on this archipelago, on this dream island that you're designing things for, and you're able to you know, connect with them and still see them on a regular basis, visit them. So it's kind of like they're your villager. They're just not walking around your town. That's still not confirmed. I want to know if there's some sort of connectivity because we do know there's connectivity between your island and this archipelago vacation resort. Um, a lot of the things that you're able to learn how to do, like putting in wall separators and things like that, are going to be introduced to your own home and that kind of stuff and as you do things on your island you'll be able to you know start designing your actual villagers homes and that kind of stuff so they are tying things together i'm wondering if say some of the villagers that are on the vacationing islands will sometimes 
take a trip over to your island and just be a casual visitor. I think that'd be pretty dope. And if it's not on their current plan of ideas for this DLC, they should try to work that in because it's actually cool. <laughs> but the really cool thing about this DLC is that one of the other things you're able to build outside of just like dream homes for characters and villagers is that the characters may want, say, a facility rather than an actual house. And this allows you to then design. They showcased schools, restaurants, classrooms. Uh, and I know that was ideas that people were doing in their own villages, villages on, on their islands with other player houses, right? Like they would create a random player profile on their switch, go in, make a new house and then turn that into say a school or a hospital or a restaurant or something. And now you kind of don't have to do that. You're going to have these full fledged facilities on this archipelago series of islands. So it'll definitely free up a lot of space on people's own personal islands and maybe not make them so cluttered. That's kind of my thinking right now in terms of going into this update is how can I consolidate and how can I get rid of some of the ideas that I wanted to do now that I don't necessarily need to have them on my own island. I probably won't go back to a full nature setup, but there's certainly a lot more room now for trees and for, you know, water structures or flowers or things like that that I didn't have before as I was trying to make all of these different facilities and things that I wanted to have on my island. That's not that's not needed now, so... I think this paid DLC is going to be huge. Obviously, this is going to be something that Nintendo is going to want to explore pretty frequently with New Horizons. I have a feeling as they work on the successor to Animal Crossing, it seems they are on like a six to seven year cycle with these games. This one obviously coming out last year. We have a ways to go. We'll be well into the life cycle of Nintendo's next platform when the next mainline Animal Crossing game comes out. But until then, what if, say, once a year... They released an expansion for 20 or 25 bucks that added a bunch of content. Or if it's a massive expansion, they could say release a new thing every two years and suffice fans and probably get away with it. And maybe if the expansion was big enough, you could even charge more than $25 like people would pay. That's that's the thing with enough content and with the right content, people are going to pay for it. Animal Crossing's huge. So... I know for a fact Nintendo is going to be keeping an eye on the sales for Happy Home Paradise and how many people sign up for Nintendo Switch Online to get access to Happy Home Paradise, and it's going to dictate what happens to New Horizons in the future. Obviously, like I said, they already announced the free updates are coming to an end, but the paid updates will likely not come to an end, especially if this one does well. I could probably see another paid expansion by next year if it ends up working out that way, so... We'll have to see what happens. Again, these updates are coming on November 5th. Obviously, Halloween is right around the corner in Animal Crossing, so it's a good time to jump back in now. Maybe get some pre-planning going before that update hits. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to jumping in. I'm looking forward to kind of getting things under control, see what kind of design I can come up for my island again, and just go from there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. I can't wait. But you know what that music means before we get on out of here this week. We do have to do a little kickstart my heart. And it makes me sad that I had to do this one solo. Kyle would have enjoyed talking about this one just as much as I'm about to. We have a gory homage to classic Metroidvanias of the 90s with a few unexpected spins. This is a sequel to the cult post-apocalyptic movie and the name of the game... It's Turbo Kid, the video game. 
This was actually announced, I want to say, earlier this year, back in the spring, and they said a Kickstarter campaign would be on the way later in the year. This is said Kickstarter campaign, and I am excited to talk about this. I'm excited to find out more, and I think this game is going to probably be great. Let's check it out. This is the future. The world as we know it is gone. You are the kid, a lone warrior, on a journey to cross the wasteland in search of hope. What you will find on your way, however, is a land riddled with scoundrels and creeps, which you'll have to go through, sometimes quite literally, in order to survive. It says here that when devising the Turbo Kid video game, the team wanted to honor the essence of the film mainly to make the game that included basically everything that they loved about the 80s and 90s with a modern twist. Since they do specialize in pixel art style games and wanted to wholeheartedly embrace that retro look and feel, they went with some big inspirations like Mega Man X, like Super Metroid, like Out of This World, and their ultimate goal is to make a brand new game that'll make you feel like a kid. The kid, to be exact. Turbo Kid, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we have a gore fest of a Metroidvania. It says a Turbo Kid game without the over-the-top hysterical gore that made the movie so much fun would be a straight-up crime. To achieve the explosive and cartoony effect desired whenever you destroy an enemy, they created fluid, gory pixel art and perfected the ragdoll-like physics that we see in the GIFs. If you actually do, head on over to the Kickstarter campaign and check it out. Uh, it's pretty dope-looking. It says the world is your bike track. Run, crawl, jump, hang, and for the very first time in a Metroidvania, bike your way through the levels. It says, ladies and gentlemen, we give you the height of human-powered transport technology, the all-terrain bike. The fluid level design in the game makes biking completely baked into the gameplay, allowing for a completely unique Metroidvania experience. Every level is built for bike riding, with slopes, ramps, half-pipes, jumps, and more, allowing you to move faster, farther, higher, and do some sick bike tricks at the same time. No need to look for an unrusted fence to lock your bike in this game. You can spawn your trusty steed wherever you need it, whether it be outdoors, indoors, in combat, while you're falling, it'll be there at the touch of a button. Which is actually pretty dope. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, some of the skills that we'll get to play around with in Turbo Kid, we have a Turbo Dash, we have a Turbo Roll, we have a Wall Jump plus Wall Grab. Some of the powers we'll get to explore, we have a Machete. A turbo blaster and then of course there will be some special weapons aside from the basic weaponry every boss in the game will drop upgrades for your turbo blaster allowing for even uh, uh, allowing for even gorier and funnier mayhem so all that aside what's the story in turbo kid the game let's check it out our story begins immediately after the events of the movie as the kid you must cross the wasteland on your way, you will meet an array of colorful characters, some friends, some foes, and some in between, who will offer advice, quests, fights, and jokes. Lots of jokes. Yes, you have lost someone dear to you in a tragic incident, but you must persevere. If you are to honor your friend's memory, you will need to become a hero, even if sometimes it feels like you bit off more than you could chew. This means relying on the lessons of the past, your valiant heart, your machete, and your turbo blaster to face your fears. 
It says here, like the Metroidvanias of old, Turbo Kid allows you to explore the different zones and defeat bosses in the order you see fit, favoring exploration and discovery over a linear narrative. Over the course of the game, you will also be asked to make personal and moral choices that will affect the process of the game, allowing for multiple playthroughs with different paths and outcomes. That's pretty sick. That's actually really exciting to know. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see exactly what that'll mean and, and how many different paths you'll be able to take. It says the game will feature five different zones with unique enemies and level design. And a little bit of a preview, we have the Wasteland, which, you know, kind of what you would expect if you hear Wasteland. Looks pretty cool. Uh, we have the Skate Park. The henchmen look like your typical punk rockers. Looks funny. I love these gifts. Uh, we have the sewers with the Oozinator, the lone creature from the sewers. This atmosphere looks really cool. I'm actually really into this a lot. Uh, and then it says more to come. And then it talks a little bit about the friends that you'll encounter. Uh, the composer for the game working on the soundtrack. It's actually by the film's composer, which is actually dope. Uh, Lee Matos. He did the soundtrack for the actual game, and now he's back doing the soundtrack for the video game here on this Kickstarter campaign. I think that's actually pretty freaking cool. Really cool, actually. So, this was added to Kickstarter. Well, it's got 23 days to go as a time of recording. I am recording this early in the morning. It's technically 2 a.m. on Wednesday October 20th. I'm getting ready to go to sleep here, but I did want to finish this segment out. I've recorded everything else already. Still hadn't done Kickstart My Heart and the close of the show yet, so wanted to get that in here. We've got 23 days to go still as of this time. It's already met its goal. There's 1,033 backers. They were looking for 40,507 US dollars. It's currently sitting at 82,369, so more than doubling it. Well done to the team based out of Montreal, Canada. Name of this team is, does it say? Does it say? Outer Mines. There it is. Uh, and they've already hit two of their stretch goals. So at 50K, which was a little bit over their initial goal, they added a mini game. And at 60K, they added an in-game cassette player. The next stretch goal is at 160K, which looks like we are still quite a ways off. Um, that is going to be add the ability to play as a new character called Apple. And then if we get to 190K, they'll be adding a speed run, uh, sp speed run mode as well. You, you would almost think that it's late the way that I stumbled through that one. Uh... Interesting to note, they did mention that, you know, if you don't want to pay attention to the story, if you don't really want to do anything like that, and especially for speedrunners, you'll be able to just fly right through things. You won't even need to skip. You'll, like, literally just be able to bypass it all. So this game is being built with speedrunning in mind, and that's pretty cool. I like when developers, especially more indie developers as of late, have been implementing with that in mind. It's kind of nice. Uh, if you want to jump in, it looks like the cheap, actually the cheapest tier that is available right now is about US uh, $25. That'll get you a key for either Nintendo Switch or PC when it releases October of 2022 next year. That's currently the target date. That'll also get you a digital wallpaper plus your name in the credits. If you bump it up to $41, that'll get you a physical copy of Turbo Kid on either the Nintendo. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just on Nintendo Switch. There is no physical copy, obviously, for PC, so... 
41 US dollars to get you a physical copy of the game on Switch. Same thing, name of the credits, digital wallpaper. $53 gets you a key for the Switch or PC, plus a t-shirt, plus digital wallpaper, plus name of the credits. Do we have any crazy tiers? Let's see here. I always like to see, like, you know, what the big tier is, what the developers are willing to give away. You know, some people let you design things here. Uh, for $142 US dollars, you can get your name in the Hall of Corpses. That was limited to 20 people. There's still 15 left, so five people did jump on board there. Oh, here it is. A $2,025 tier. This is the big daddy for uh, Turbo Kids Kickstarter campaign right here. This got you your company's logo in the game, a physical copy of the game, five additional keys of the game for Switch or PC, early access to the demo, everything that was literally given away for this game. Um, I think that's pretty cool. And they had this limited to five. And so far, one person jumped in. One person jumped in. We're gonna see somebody's logo in the game. I wonder who it's actually gonna be. Time will tell. Oh, look at that. There was a couple other big ones that went away. Uh, there was a $1,215 US tier that was uh, locked to five backers that you got to customize an interactive NPC. That's kind of dope. See, that kind of stuff. I like that. There was a $200 tier that got you a custom corpse created by our artists in the Hall of Corpses. Okay, so instead of just having your name in there, you also are going to be a custom corpse that'll maybe look like you. Some pretty cool Kickstarter tiers for this campaign. Go check this one out. The name of it again is Turbo Kid. It was announced earlier in this year. It's finally on Kickstarter. About three weeks to go. It's already hit its goal, but let's see if we can get some more of these stretch goals achieved. Again, kickstarter.com. The name of this one, Turbo Kid. But that's unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. Hopefully, Kyle and I will be able to sit down and knock something out together next week. I know this week was my fault. I did fall pretty ill over the weekend, and, you know, we just couldn't get things lined up. Sean, hopefully, we will get back into the mix on a somewhat regular basis, but no promises there. Dan, of course, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, best wishes to you, my friend. Uh, Dan's not going anywhere. He's still going to be part of RPG era. He's still going to be on the team, but having to take a step back right now as he gets prepared for the birth of his son, Sebastian, um, should be coming along here anytime now. Next few weeks for sure. So we're getting into some crazy times in Dan's life, which is why his content has slowed down here just a bit. He took a, obviously, as we mentioned, a, a step away from blood and destroyers as well. Make sure you're following him on YouTube, youtube.com. You can search crazed 11 K R A I Z D one, one, or you can go to our YouTube channel right now. It is still youtube.com forward slash live down games. We're working on that. We're trying to get it changed. We're working with Google. It's a bit of a pain in the butt, but we're trying to get it fixed. Um, yeah, make sure you search Dan. If you're not currently subscribed to him, make sure you do click that subscribe button. We're trying to get him to 100 subscribers so he can lock in his own custom domain name at that crazed 11. So let's see what we can do. Let's make it happen for him. But yeah, hopefully next week, Kyle and I will be back together. Max level will be much more interesting as opposed to just me sitting here rambling along for however long I did. So until next time, keep gaining experience until you reach max level. It's probably the last time I'll do that. We'll change it up next time. This episode of the Max Level Podcast has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. 
If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and Twitch, and make sure you're subscribed or following at both places with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media, as well as to our Discord server, and all other important information can be found in the show notes for this episode.